Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Good morning, everyone, and good morning to those watching online or whenever you do watch online. It's great to be with you. I hope you're well, and uh, it's great to be Uh, going into the text together. And of course, we're on our nativity sort of countdown as we progress through Advent. And our our theme for Advent is good news, great joy. And really looking at the angels and the angelic appearances as they meet with different people through the nativity story. And uh, one thing to note straight away is whenever there is an angelic uh, appearance and there's this good news and great joy, it seems like the immediate response possibly is fear. So um, we wanted to talk and address that today. And uh, particularly last week, we looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth. And so today, we're going to be talking about Joseph and Mary. But to news, I don't know what your attitude to the news is, just simply whether you watch it or not. Um, Some of you may not find it to be such a joy to watch, I don't know, for some of us, maybe we fear the news, or maybe we don't trust the news, it's fake news, or maybe it just doesn't relate to me. And I think more often than not, most of us would like to change the channel or turn it off. We want to get away from the news. We want to get away from what we're seeing about all these sort of events and things, and uh, we want to get out from it. And I think, actually, in a similar way, how we treat the news or our attitude to news is... Um, When we come to face challenges in our lives and difficulties, it can be very much the same. We want to change the channel. We want to get out from the the bad news or get out from the challenge or get away from it. And um, I believe God's word for us today is don't fear, see it through. God wants to help us not simply get out of the way of whatever we're going through He wants to help us see it through. And the great thing about this good news is we see it through with him. We see it through with him. And what we do whilst we're seeing it through, it can be for him also. So I want to encourage you today, regardless of your situation or circumstance, regardless of your attitude towards news, God's word for us is don't fear See it through. And we're going to see how we can see it through together from Joseph and Mary. So if you've got your Bibles with you, please will you turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read 18, verse 18 through to 25. And uh, we'll look a bit. We'll we'll glance at Mary's story from Luke chapter 1 later on. But uh, from verse 18, I'll read this for us. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, 
because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I want to get a feel for the room of how Christmassy, how prepared we are. Um, hands up if you have put up Christmas decorations already. Let me just get a vibe. Let me get a feel here. Okay, about half of you. Well done. And uh, for the rest of you, you've still got time. Don't worry. This is no guilt trip. Um, but as part of putting up Christmas decorations, one of the most important things I believe, is putting up the Christmas lights, right? And uh, Christmas lights, they're so enjoyable, they're so bright, they're so light. I love like driving around in the evenings. You get to see some of them on the houses, or if you're, you're so fortunate to have a front garden, people with front gardens, lovely. And um, it's, it's great. And so um, we've put up our Christmas decorations at our house, me and Hannah, we, we love doing that. And, but I don't know about you, but every year, as we get prepared to put up the Christmas lights, um, you, you, you pick up the Christmas lights, and somehow, over the year, they've got entangled in the most infuriating way. And they're just this ball of disaster. And before you can even put the Christmas lights up, you spend about an hour just taking and untangling all these Christmas lights and maybe screwing in some new bulbs, taking out the old bulbs. And it's a pain, right? And then you finally get it done, you finally get it straight, or you finally get it in a coil, and then you're like, oh, now I actually have to put them up as well. And so for you who put the Christmas lights on the Christmas tree, you can imagine myself and Hannah. Hannah sort of guides me round the tree, and I hold the Christmas lights, and I'm going round the tree. I'm just, it's like a little process, procession round the tree. And then as you're doing that, the Christmas lights get tangled again. And then I have my wife going, go back. So I'm like going back round the tree. And it's an effort getting tangled in Christmas lights. It's a joy, but it's also an effort, and we do get tangled. Joseph, in the story that we're presented today, he's engaged to, jo uh, to Mary. It's a very good thing. And I know back then, it may have been a bit different. We don't really know the relationship. Not much is shared. Not much of a romance between Mary and Joseph. But marriage, or being engaged is seen as a positive thing, as it still should be today, because it, it provides security. It provides blessing and the chance and opportunity to have offspring and uh, to have a legacy. And so it's looking good at the beginning for Mary and Joseph, but now we get this news. And uh, Joseph is tangled up in something, and we can see from the scripture he wants out. He wants to change the channel. He wants a different channel. He wants to turn it off on this. He wants to get away from the situation that is presented to him. Because Mary's pregnant, and he knows that kid's not mine. Right? He doesn't want to be part of that. And so he, even being a kind man, even though he's, he 
looks to divorce her quietly, doesn't want to sort of shame her. It, it says he's fuming, basically. When it says he's thinking in the Greek, it says he's, he's basically fuming. He's angry with the situation he's got, and he's developed his own plan. In his own mind, he's made up to do something, to get out of this entanglement, to get away from it. But he has a dream. And in the dream, an angel appears to him and says, don't fear. Don't be afraid of this situation, of your circumstance. Mary is pregnant because of the Holy Spirit, not because of another man. And what Joseph is told to do is marry her anyway. Take her home. God doesn't seem to give him a way out. God doesn't seem to just be able to change the channel for him or want him to just move on. He actually challenges Joseph. He's told to marry Mary. He's told to see it through. In the entanglement that he's in, even though he didn't wish it upon himself, he's not responsible for how they got there or he got there, but God tells him through the angel, see it through. And this is the amazing thing. Joseph wakes up from the dream now, again, I'm not sure if it, immediately he jumps to the obedience, but let's, let's grab hold of this. Joseph is obedient. Joseph does what the angel tells him to do. And because Joseph didn't get out of the situation, because Joseph didn't try to untangle himself his way out of the situation, look what happens. Joseph gets the presence of God in his life. Joseph gets to see things through with God. Joseph actually gets to carry and be part of the purposes of God, not just in his life for him, but for the whole world, because he was obedient, because he went to see it through. Now, for most of us, there's a challenge for us, when we're told to do something maybe that we wouldn't rather have done, right? Maybe it's your fault you're in a situation you want to get out of it. Or maybe there's situations presented to you. It wasn't your fault. It's not your responsibility. Or you haven't been the responsible one to get there, but you're in it. And it's difficult. And it's tough. And everything in you wants to get out. Everything in you wants to get away from this entanglement. And here's the thing. God is saying, maybe he's not going to get you out of it, but he'll get you through it. And by getting through it, not that God purposed you to be there, because I don't know what situation you're thinking up in your mind and heart, but God will use you in that situation to bring about his purposes. God will journey with you and see it through with you. I know it may feel unfair, it may feel tough, and sometimes we may feel that God put us in that position and that's unfair, but God has a great purpose for you and also through you. If you see it through, you see it through with him to his glory. So it's not just about you, it's actually for God's purposes beyond you. And so for me, when I'm going through something I don't want to go through, or when I feel the prompting of the Lord leading me to do something, I don't know, maybe just in your life, when you're planning something, you like to know the steps. Anybody a planner here? You want to know the eventualities. You want to know each step-by-step -step situation. 
Well, I mean, I would like to know that, but that doesn't always seem to be the case. And particularly when I'm journeying with God, committed to God, walking with him through the highs and lows, the difficulties, the entanglements of life, God doesn't really seem to tell me each step, but he does tell me what I need to know. Let's think about Mary and Joseph in this section. Mary's account is in Luke 1, and it's really cool. When, when Mary is met and told about all this news, Mary has a question. It's a very good question. She says, well, how will it be? Because I'm a virgin. I don't understand. And uh, God's answer to Mary through the angel is similar to what God answers here to Joseph in Matthew. All they're told... Literally, in terms of the event of the birth of Jesus, is this is the work of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus will come. Okay, God, this is a big deal. My life is getting shaken up, and this is what you offer us. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus will come. That's basically what they're told. Now, something I like to do when I read the Bible, and I hope it helps you, is looking at what's not there. What doesn't the Bible say? So what is Mary and Joseph not told? Well, let's start with Mary to begin with. Mary, she wasn't told that Joseph would stick with her. And you know, th this situation is a bit of a gossip situation. This situation would have brought shame to them in the community and probably meant they probably weren't welcomed in the synagogue. It's a small community in Nazareth where they were and maybe not go to the market. So it's not looking great. And Mary's not told whether Joseph will, will marry her or remain with her through the difficulties. Now, Joseph here and Mary in Luke, uh, when they're told, you know, they're going to have a baby, this is what it's not says as well. They are going to have to leave to go to Bethlehem. So Joseph is going to have to give up the workshop or his business, and he's going to have to go to Bethlehem with a pregnant Mary and sign up because of the census of the time. They're not told that. What they're also not told, when they get to Bethlehem, the night they get to Bethlehem, they're not going to find any accommodation. They're actually going to have to share the downstairs room of a stranger with animals and have their baby there. They're not told that in these stories. They're also not told, you know what, on this really intimate sort of birthing scene that you have, some shepherds are going to gate crash and be like, we've just seen angels out in the field and they told us to come and we just want to see the saviour. They weren't told that. They weren't told that along this process. They were also not told that magi, wise men from the east are going to come and you're going to get some presents and you're going to get some gold from strangers. They weren't told that at this point. And finally, just talking about the Advent story, Mary and Joseph were not told at this point in the story that, oh, by the way, when you have Jesus, Jesus' life's going to be in danger. Your lives are going to be in danger. So you're going to have to move, not just from Nazareth to Bethlehem, you're going to have to go to Egypt. These are all the things that they were not told yet. They were obedient. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to know it all before I commit to anything. And sometimes I think it's God's <laughs> kindness and wisdom not to let us know everything before we make our decisions. God wants to journey with us and through us and help us see it through. 
But what is important, what is important, and what was important for Mary and Joseph was to know Jesus. And in the text now, we're going to look at two names to help us through, and hopefully this will help us see whatever we're going through, through, help us to see Jesus. So, the first thing we're going to look at is in Matthew 1, chapter, uh, Matthew 1, verse 21, it says the baby will be called Jesus. Jesus means God saves. And in this context, it even talks about Jesus will save his people from their sins. This is the first point about seeing it through with, with God, okay? Seeing it through means don't fear. Do not fear. God is for us. Jesus is for us. So regardless of what's going on, I want to encourage you, Jesus is for us. He is for you. And to really give the truth of this, um, I know it's Christmas time. I know it's all like the fuzzy feelings and the goodness. But I want to give you the truth of Jesus so it helps us understand how good God is and how for us he is. The worst reality that anybody can think of in this room Despite the situations and circumstances we have and we face, and maybe for loved ones, even out there in the world, the worst reality any of us can be finding ourselves in is to be apart from God, is to be away from God. That's the worst reality, and this is what God has given a way to deal with. You see, the reason why it's the worst reality is if we're away from God, if we're apart from God, we're tangled, we're trapped, we're ensnared, we're entangled in sin. And sin is the selfishness that we find ourselves in. And selfishness hurts us, it hurts other people, it hurts relationships. And the truth is, when you're entangled by sin, the worst reality part of sin is that it ultimately, it doesn't just hurt us, sin destroys us. That is the worst reality anybody could have, being away from God. But Jesus came to untangle us. Jesus came to set us free from the tanglements of sin, the tanglements of shame, and he came to even deal with death. So although sin came to destroy us, Jesus came to destroy the thing that was destroying us. And just imagine that, like being entangled, maybe not with Christmas lights, but as you're entangled, Jesus came not only to untangle us, but then to deal with what was, un uh, what was causing us to be limited and restricted and causing us to be away from God. And he dealt with it once and for all on the cross. This is how for you God is. He dealt with the worst thing that could ever happen to us, and he dealt with eternity for us too. Again, I know this can be heavy, but it's good to know the truth so we can really know how good the good news is of Jesus being for us. God is holy. He's righteous. He's set apart. And what that means is when we're not with him, when we're not set apart to him, when we're not righteous, then we're away from him. And really what that means is we're sinners. And I'm not pointing the finger at anybody individually. I'm just saying that's the reality that we have when we're not with God. We're sinners, which means we're enemies. Scripture says we're enemies of God. And this is how good God is. Whilst we're enemies, 
Look at this. God gave a way for Israel to be made right with him. God gave the law, God gave these processes, God gave sacrificial means in which we could, or the Israelites could have a relationship with God, be restored with him. And yet, time after time, the Israelites messed up. They got tangled up. And this isn't pointing the finger even at the Israelites. I'm telling you right now, none of us, no people group, would have got it right, okay? We wouldn't have got it right. The Israelites didn't get it right. But it was almost a point for us to realize we can't handle it. We can't do it. And this is what God did. God gave a, re- a way for Israel, but for the whole world, because God decided to become a Jew himself. God gave Jesus. He sent Jesus. He gave Jesus to be a Jew, to live the law out, and to be holy, and to be perfect, and to be blameless. Never did anything wrong. He did what no one, no race could ever do, and he fulfilled the law. And here is how good God is. This is how for he, for us he is, for you. This is how for you he is, that whilst we are all sinners or have been sinners, Christ died for us. Whilst we were enemies, Christ chose to die for us. Just think about that in life. Just think of the horrible people, not because you don't have personal enemies, don't you? You know, we're all Christian, we love people. But in history, just think of... Somebody that you think is horrible that you learnt about in school or something like that. Imagine giving your life for them whilst they're an enemy. God did that for each and every one of us through Christ Jesus. That's how for you he is. And this is how for the world he is that he even knows before doing this that not everybody would take advantage of this free gift of life and relationship with God. Whilst we were sinners, Christ died for us. And here's the beautiful good news. By faith, by faith in Jesus Christ, in his life, death, and resurrection, and repentance, by confession in him, we are forgiven and restored back in a relationship with God the Father. That is how for us he is, Jesus God saves. It's not just God saves a nation. God saves all those who would call upon the name of Jesus, like we've been singing about this morning. This is such good news that despite any entanglement I can find myself in, God saves. He's for me. He's so for me, he was willing to die for me. And that's not based on my merit. That's not based on me being a good person or not. That's simply who God is. He loves you. And this brings us into the next point and the final point of what it means to see things through. See things through because God is for you. You don't need to be afraid. But because he's so for you, if you receive this gift of life, if you receive who he is and what he's done for you, then he is also with you. Emmanuel. Matthew takes this from Isaiah and uh, narrates it and puts it into this scene here. And Emmanuel means God with us. Church, we don't need to fear because God is with us. If you know how for you he is and you receive him, then he is with you. And I 
thing, it helps us to realize this picture of how with you he is. Because he's not just with you like sometimes and then at other times he's not. He surrounds you. He surrounds us. Did you know in the Bible, uh, writing about God's presence, writing about who God is like and what he's like, David wrote that, if I go here, you're there. If I go over here, you're there. There is nowhere that I can go where you are not. That is how for you and with you God is. Now, just think about this. For, for Joseph and Mary, they got to not just have the birth of Jesus, have an event. Let's just have an event or an encounter with Jesus, a momentary encounter with Jesus. No, they got to journey with Jesus for the rest of their lives. And here's the beautiful news about today. It, it's true for us, too. The, the story of 2,000 years ago is true for us today. We can journey with Jesus through the whole of life. But let's be real. I'll be honest with you. When I receive bad news in life, when I get tangled up in situations and circumstances, maybe for myself or I'm broken over things that are happening to my friends and family around me, it's very easy for me at least to be like, well, God, where are you? You said you'd be with me. My family's struggling. My friendships, they're struggling. Or my health, it's struggling. Or the loved ones out there are struggling. Where are you? You say you're for me. You say you're with me. And I begin to doubt his goodness. Let's look at Joseph and Mary progress through the story. Joseph and Mary were probably, most probably, shamed in their community. And they had to leave. We can be misunderstood in our lives. They had no place to stay. Sometimes we can feel like we don't have things and therefore God's not with us. They were in danger. People were out to get Jesus and possibly them. We can feel that people around us are there to get us or maybe at work there's a relationship. Somebody is trying to get you, pull you down. If we go beyond the Advent story, Joseph is Jesus' dad, right? So, yeah, he's journeyed with Jesus. God is seeing him through. But Joseph isn't seen beyond him being 12, Jesus being 12. Joseph most likely passed away during Jesus' adult life. And we think, ah, oh, but God is with Joseph. And that's difficult for us, right? And I see this. I've seen this in my life. When loved ones pass away especially before their time or when we regard it's too early or when health gets the better of people or the worse of people, if you will, we say, well, how, God, can you be with us and for us? And yet even Jesus' earthly dad, Jesus, the son of God, his dad passed away. You don't see it in the New Testament in his adult life. And then let's take it even one step further. Let's look at Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, who journeyed with him, lost her husband at some point down the line. Mary witnessed her own son crucified on a cross. She, she witnessed her son dying. Is God with her? Is God for her? Well, Jesus has just died on a cross. But let's keep seeing it through like Mary saw it through. Because three days later, Jesus rose again. And he, he appeared over a day of... Uh, a, period of 40 days, he met with people, he saw people, I'm sure he saw his mum, and uh, he then rose into glory. How cool is this? Mary could no longer see Jesus like she used to. 
And yet, she knew that Jesus was more with her than ever before. That same truth is for us today. Regardless of what we're going through, regardless of whether we can see Jesus or not, he is for us and he is with us. So I want to encourage you, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't make up your own mind and try and work through entanglement by yourself. See it through, but see it through with God because he is for you and he is with you. By faith, he is with you today. It's not about your goodness. It's not about your actions. It's about who he is. I don't want us to rush this response because I know this applies to a lot of us in the room and maybe you don't even have a relationship with God or you've walked away. Well, this, this is such good news, but I understand also the weight of it. So as the band come up, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to welcome the Holy Spirit, just like the Holy Spirit helped make the events happen for the birth of Jesus. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to work in our lives right now, just to work in our minds, in our thoughts, in our hearts. And then as we lead through this, we'll see what God has to say. In fact, just, just to show our obedience at least, or our commitment to be obedient to God, why don't you just join? Join me in standing if you can. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody here in this room today. I thank you that you're more for them than we could ever understand. And you're more with us than we actually understand. You're so close to us. And Father, for where people may be even hurting for friends and loved ones, Father, thank you for the reminder you love and care for them even more than we do. I thank you that you're trustworthy. And I pray for every person here right now that they would really know what you're saying to them. What is their entanglement, Lord? Show them. Show them your goodness. Father, for those who are fearing and afraid of situations they find themselves in or up against in the future, I pray, Lord God, that your peace would come into their situations. Father, I, I'm sorry personally for when I've accused you of not being faithful, not being with me, or not being for me. Father, I pray right now for all of us. Would you forgive us, Lord? Forgive us for when we've doubted you or moved away from you or not trusted you. Forgive us for accusing you of being anything else than what you really are. Father, I pray for anybody here who's just struggling with seeing you as good. Show them the cross, Lord. Remind them of how much you love them. That you are so for them, so dedicated to us, so committed to us, that you would choose death on a cross for us. Thank you that you made a way, and we don't have to, for you to be with us. Spirit of God, would you speak to us? Lead us here. Father, would you give us the courage to be obedient to you? 
if there are some answers we're not seeing that you want to share, then Lord God, I pray in this moment now that we'd be open to hearing your next steps and guidance. But Lord God, if there are no next steps and guidance, but just a, a challenge to hold on to you, then I, I pray, Father, we would be bold and courageous and choose to trust in you right now. For anybody here who hasn't got a relationship with God, I'm just going to pray out a simple prayer. I want to invite you to say amen and make it yours as well. You can pray it in your mind and heart. But I can't move on without inviting you to have a relationship to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love for me. And I thank you, Father, that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross and three days later rise again, defeating death, defeating sin and the consequences of sin. Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Forgive me for being away from you and apart from you. Thank you that you receive me. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and fill my life and help me get to know God more and more with each day. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that I would know how for you and how for me you are and how with me you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, Connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11am in person and online.